Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. How many know it's important to stay hydrated, right? There we go. So, about six months ago, Pastor Andy messaged me on Facebook. I was sitting with Katyler on our couch, and we were just watching TV, doing our thing. And I, my phone dings. You know, I get a notification, and I look at it, and it's Pastor Andy, and he wants, he's saying, hey, this is just a thought. Like, this is what God's put on my heart. Would you guys be interested in being the youth pastors at our church? And I read it, and I looked at Katyler, and I was like, what? Are you seeing this? It was crazy. So, because about a year ago, about a year from that moment, so about a year and a half ago now, I felt like God put on my heart to be a pastor, be in ministry of some sort, and specifically be the youth pastor at Whatcom New Life. But I knew that Zeb was here, and I was like, you know what, that's probably crazy, but, like, we'll see what happens. And so it was really cool to be able to have this opportunity. We're so excited to be able to be the youth pastors here. And uh, if you don't know, I was actually in Zeb's youth group, so it's a cool moment to be able to to be the youth pastor now um, for the youth group that I was once involved in. So today, I am speaking a message called "Freely Given." There we go. So it's about it's about the gifts that Jesus has for us, the gifts that God has for us, and they are freely given to us. And I felt like as I was preparing this message, God wanted God put on my heart freely given but he also put on my heart the phrase a simple gospel that the gospel is simple and sometimes we try to overcomplicate it so I'm notorious in our household our household of two me and my wife I am notorious for starting a task she's going to work and I'll say you know what today I got the laundry don't even worry about it you go to work you go earn the big bucks I will do the laundry today I will I will fold it, put it away, all that good stuff. So she'll leave, I'll get my coffee, you know, get my morning started. Things are going great. So while she's gone, I will have entirely redone our fridge from a TikTok trend, rearranged three cabinets, as well as made a meal plan for the next five months. And then she gets back and I still haven't done the laundry or put the clothes away. So I like to overcomplicate tasks and get focused on something else. And I feel like as Christians, we often overcomplicate things as well. So I have a niece, Victoria. She's not here today, sadly. But she's like this tall. She's super cute, blonde. She goes to Seedlings. And so, yeah, shout out to Seedlings. So she goes to Seedlings and she learns the basic verses, right? So I could think, okay, Victoria, you go learn your basic verses. I'm going to stay in here with the big kids and I'm going to listen to Pastor Andy talk and I'm going to learn some good stuff, the complicated things. You go learn your simple verses we're going to do, you know, some, some big Christian stuff. But I have a quote from Michael Jordan. I don't know if you guys know who Michael Jordan is. Greatest basketball player of all time. If you think LeBron is, uh, we can pray after service. <laughs> but Michael Jordan says, get the fundamentals down and the level of everything you do will rise. How many know Michael Jordan knows a lot about being good at something, being great at something? He has perfected his craft, and he did complicated things as well. He was dunking. He was shooting game-winning shots. But he still said, get the fundamentals down, and everything you, the level of everything you do will rise. 
And I believe that applies to our walk with God, our relationship with Jesus. Get the fundamentals down. Practice. Sorry. Keep diving into the simple verses, and new things will come up. God will continue to show new things, and he will continue to just speak to you through the verses that we've read a thousand times growing up. And that is our segue into John 3.16. So, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I've heard that verse uh, many times. I don't know about you guys. And it's easy to hear it, and you think, oh, I got it. Like, I know it. It's in my back pocket. I know what it means. I don't have to study it. But there is so much in here that's good and that God showed me that I had never even realized before. And there are so many gifts that are in John 3.16, the gifts that God gives us, God gives us for, for free. So, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Does it say, uh, for, because I read my Bible on the Bible app seven days in a row and got a perfect streak for the week, that God gives us his son? Or does it say, because Andy works so hard and comes in so early and puts in so many hours that God gave his son? No, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We do not have to earn God's love. We don't have to earn his gifts. And we can't earn his gifts. So John 3.16 continues to give us even more gifts. It says, we are given Jesus, but we are also given grace. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I deserve to perish. I am a sinner. I don't know about you guys. Raise your hand if you're a sinner. Jay? All right. Jay, Jay's taken care of. He's good. No. So we are all sinners. I deserve to perish. I deserve to go to hell, but God gives me grace. He gives that to me for free. There's nothing I can do to earn it. John 3.16 continues to say, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He invites us into eternity with him, into a relationship that lasts forever with him. And these are some amazing gifts, even more so because we do not have to earn them. They are freely given to us. When Jesus died on the cross, he made that available to us. Romans 8, 10 through 17 says, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subjected to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For the, those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that, if, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit received, you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. That is an awesome verse. There is a lot there. I know I just talked for a while reading that, but there is so much to unpack, so many gifts that God has promised to us in that verse, in that section of verses. Romans 8, 10, God promises us life. He gives us life. It says, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. 
Romans 8.15, we are given sonship. It says, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And that is so cool. So I had to look up the word adoption that is used. So the word adoption is the Greek word referring to the legal process of adoption in the Roman culture. So in the Roman culture, adoption was very common. It was a process um, for the wealthy and powerful. So when, they, when the wealthy and powerful people did not have a son, they would adopt so that they could continue to give, their family name could continue to go on so they could give their inheritance and their power and their influence to someone else. So they would adopt this person, often someone who was of a lower class, and they would bring them into their to sonship, to adoption, and this person would often become a person of influence, a person of power, and, and they would be blessed. And so that's what Jesus is calling us into. We are chosen, every single one of us, we are chosen and brought into sonship. God wants to give us all that he has, all that he can give us. He wants us to inherit from him. And he, want, he calls us to be co-heirs with Christ. As he adopts us, he brings us to be co-heirs with Christ. So everything that Jesus is given in the Bible, the authority, the power to heal, the power to resist temptation, all of that is available to us as co-heirs. All that Jesus has is available to us as well. We just have to accept it. It's right there. So if you have been in the Assemblies of God Church for at least a year, you've probably heard of refrigerator rights. So I'm a pretty big guy. I was an offensive lineman uh, in college. So I have refrigerator rights at quite a few houses, probably more than the average person. So what refrigerator rights is, is I can walk into my parents' house. I can walk into my mother-in-law's house. I can walk into my Nana's house. And I can open up the fridge. I can open up the cabinet. And I can take whatever is in there. It is open to me. It is free for me to take, free for me to eat whatever I want. Thank you. When, uh, when I was a little, when I was a, a wee little kid, um, I was home alone for the summers. Bo was off working. Kaylee is way older than me. So I was alone. And, and so I would just be chilling and I would get hungry. So my Nana lived 15 feet in front of, in our front yard, 15 feet from our house. She's not homeless. There was a house there, but she did live in our front yard. So when I was hungry, I would open the front door, walk 15 steps, and go into my Nana's house, open the door, hey, Nana, and walk straight to the fridge and eat whatever I wanted to. She always kept it stocked for me, and, and I loved it. I could just go and eat, and it was there, and she loved it. It was a great time, and that's what God has for us. He has refrigerator rights for us. It is open to us. So Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So let me backtrack a little bit. I'm going to throw that verse on the, the back burner. We'll come back to it. But God's fridge is open to us. Just like I could walk into my Nana's house, I could walk into Don's house. We can walk into God's fridge 
it is the word of God, and everything that's in there is available to us. Everything that he gave Jesus is available to us as co-heirs with Christ. And it is there for us. As we were singing in worship uh, the song, You Sent the Darkness Running Out of an Empty Grave, that is available to us in the fridge, the power of God that, that raised Jesus from the dead, that, that raised him from the dead and, and sent the darkness fleeing, that, that tore the veil, that brought freedom and sonship to us all. That is available in the fridge. We just have to take it. It is available for us to come into. So back to the verse, Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That is a powerful verse. What, what I get from that verse is it, it says, it says when we experience the love of Christ, we have the fullness of life and power through God. That is crazy. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. When we experience the love of Christ, we have the fullness of life and power in God. People search their whole lives for fullness. Right, We hear about people looking to other things to fulfill themselves. I just don't feel full. I feel empty. I'm reminded of in fifth grade history class, we learned about the conquistadors and everyone coming to uh, North and South America looking for the fountain of youth. They were searching for something that they thought could fulfill them, that they thought they could, could change their lives and, and give them something, fill the empty hole in their life, live forever, they thought. And and we have that. We literally have the love of Christ is what brings that. We have what people are looking for. And so it is our responsibility as Christians to share that with everybody. So the reason why my parents or Don or my Nana lets me come into their fridge is because they love me. I can walk into their fridge and I can do whatever or I can eat whatever I want because they love me. I don't have to earn it. If I walk into my dad's house and I open the fridge, he doesn't say, hey, bathrooms and the lawn first, then you can eat. No, okay? It is open to me. He says, son, take whatever you want. There's chips in the, in the pantry. There's meat sticks in the fridge. Go to town. They're fire. Um. <laughs> and it's because he loves me. And how much greater is God's love for us than a father's love for his son, right? So God has so much for us in the fridge. And it is our responsibility to share it with people. As Christians, the number one thing that should define us is Christ's love. Christ's love is so powerful. It's so powerful and we don't have to earn it. Don't have to earn it. So I played college football, as has been mentioned a couple times today. And I know I'm talking about, a lot about sports, so I'm not going to apologize, but... Yeah, you know. So as I was, I've been an upperclassman. I was an upperclassman for two years, as everyone is. So as a junior and a senior, you see these freshmen come into the football program. And they, why I usually say, if you're playing college sports, you were the best player on your team in high school. Unless you're coming from like 
Rainier Beach or some crazy school in Seattle, you were probably the best player on your team in high school. So these kids come in pretty cocky, especially coming to a smaller school. They think, hey, I'm about to lead this team to a national championship. I'm going to put the team on my back. You know, I'm, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I'm basically the Reggie Bush of NAIA. And these kids come in, and they think they're so good. And so as upperclassmen, we sit back, and we're like, yeah, okay. Like, all right. We thought that too. But, like, you're going to have to prove to us that you're worth something. You're going to have to show us in the weight room, in practice. Like, we're going to have to see you work hard. And, like, we're going to welcome you to our team, but we're going to kind of keep you away for a little bit until you prove to us that you're worthy of our love as a teammate. And I had to check myself because that's not in the Bible. It, the Bible does not say freely you've received, so uh, just check people before to make sure that they're okay and then you can give to them. But we need to make sure that they're like good people and they work hard and all that stuff. No, the Bible does not say that. It says freely you've received, so freely give. And we have so much to give. All that God has given to us, the gifts that we've discussed and even more than we have talked about today, we have that to give to other people. And I don't care, I'm sorry, I, I do not care if someone has hurt you. I mean, I do care, I'm sorry they've hurt you. But if someone has hurt you, you are still called to give them the love of Christ. If someone has cheated on you or ran over your foot with their car or done anything else, you are still called to love them, to show them Christ's love. We are, we are not the ones to decide if someone deserves the love of Christ or, or how to treat someone it is defined clearly to treat people with love. If someone has a different political view than you, if someone, it, it's easy to get angry at people, right, when we're talking politics and everything is politics nowadays. It's easy to get angry and to say, no, you're wrong. Like, why don't you think like this? But God is calling us to treat people with love, the love of Christ, because the love of Christ brings the fullness of life and power. The fullness of life and power. All we could ever ask for is in the love of Christ. And that is, that is amazing, and that is available to us. So I want to read that verse one more time, Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. A little twist on it, but I'm not saying that. I just put a little twist on it for perspective. Don't come at me and say I'm reading false scripture or anything. But may they experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand then they will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's so powerful to me when you put they there instead because we are, we are called, in the Great Commission it says go and make disciples. We are called to spread the love of God, to spread God's name and spread his glory. And we have that. In, in Christ's love, other people can experience that freedom as well. When I, when I come to Nana's, when I go to my Nana's house and I bring a friend, if I bring a friend with me, that person is getting fed from the fridge as well. My Nana doesn't say, oh, Tanner, you can eat, but oh, Tyler, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you guys have only been dating for a week. I don't know about you. Tanner can eat, but Tyler, you're going to have to go to like McDonald's or something. I'm sorry. No, that is available to Tyler as well. When I bring a friend with me, I can bring a friend to the fridge. I can bring someone to to have all that I have as well, all the gifts that have been given to me, I can bring a friend into that. And we have a responsibility to bring the people in our everyday lives to that fridge, to God's fridge, to the word of God, because he has gifts for them. If I could get the worship team to make their way up here. 
1 Corinthians 13.1, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. These are the things that, that we think make up the perfect Christian, right? Giving all that I have. Speaking in the tongues of men and angels. Having the gift of prophecy. Fathoming all the mysteries. But if I have all of that and I do not love, I have nothing. I am giving nothing. I am not contributing to the kingdom of God because I don't have love. Love is so important and it is one of the defining characteristics of Jesus, of God. And I feel like oftentimes as Christians, it's really easy to miss that one, right? It's really easy to, the way we treat other people, to be angry, to, to be hateful. It's really easy to let the ways of the world slip in in that regard. But we are called to love because there's so it's so powerful. The fullness of life is in the love of Christ. And we have the opportunity to bring the love of Christ to other people. The, the love of Christ and, and the gospel, the gospel is so beautiful. It is, a, it is a beautiful song. It is a symphony. It is a beautiful sound. But when we pervert it, when we don't speak with love, we speak with hate or anger, we pervert it and we make it a clanging noise, uh, a, something that no one wants to hear, right? No one wants to hear just a bunch of clanging. Sorry, Bo, he's a percussionist. But no one wants, wants to hear a bunch of clanging cymbals or a gong. It's, it's not pretty. It's not nice to the ears. But... When we bring love into that and we show people the love of Christ, it's so beautiful. And so, church, we are called to love people. And, and I believe that is why so many people turn away from the church is because they are treated with hate and anger. And we get so caught up in, oh, this person's not living right. That person's not living right. I don't know if that's in the Bible. But that is not our job. We are called to love people and let God take care of the rest. So I want to to challenge you to walk in every everyday life and love people. To get When you get cut off on the road, treat that person with love. When you're in Costco and, and someone says something not very nice to you, treat that person with love. Respond to other people's anger, other people's hate with love and watch it transform their lives. So I just, I just want to take a couple minutes and we are going to pray and ask Jesus to show us ways that we can spread his love better, that we can, areas in our life whether it's at work, whether it's with our friends, with our, our family, with our husbands or wives, ways that we can show Jesus' love better and people we can show it to, people he's calling us to say, hey, go show this person my love. I want you to pray and just ask him to give you wisdom and, and clarity and just show you how to love if you're struggling with that. So we're just going to take a couple minutes and, and Stephanie's going to lead us through a song and we're going to pray about that. I must tell you because I feel like the Holy Spirit is um, speaking here. I just take a pause here and pray for my mom's father and the spirit to lead us in between.
you know, I, like Tanner, Tanner said, I thought about refrigerator rights a lot as a son. Um, but the way Tanner presented today with Nana in the picture gave me a whole new perspective. Because um, I just get this picture of, of Tanner walking into Nana's house, and he said something very specific. He said, I loved it, and she loved it. And that, that spoke to my heart because, like, yeah, I like to be able to go to somebody's house and eat whatever it is. But I just get this picture. Now, Grace attends church here, uh, Nana. Her name is Grace. Um, but, like, I just picture her during the week beforehand, like, going to the store. Specifically, what is it that Tanner might want to eat this week? And then buying that, not for herself, but she's just so excited that Tanner's going to come eat this at her house. And then she stocks her fridge. Maybe she makes the cookies. Uh, and then she's sitting there in the living room. And I just get this picture of Tanner walking in. Hey, Nana. And then he sees this food. And as he walks over, her face is lighting up more than his. Like, we have this wrong idea of what humility is. We think humility is, oh, I don't deserve the food. But do you realize, it, it, like, God so loved the world he gave his son. I know this is tragic and hard to understand. But when Jesus died on the cross... He was looking at us. Oh, are you ready? Oh, are you going to feast on something good? Not that he was excited that Jesus was suffering, but that suffering brought in fridge rights for all of us. And so we don't, we don't approach the throne like, oh, I don't deserve this. We approach it as, oh, good to see you, Nana. Oh, look at the beautiful thing. Like, he didn't store up these good things for himself. He stored them up for you. He's excited for you to eat the cookies to discover the new thing in the fridge. Whoa, meat sticks. He loves you so much. Like that's humility. And, and he's inviting, oh, eat, drink deep, taste and see that he's good. And that you would have that heart posture of, wow, of this awe. And then, yeah, you would look to others and be like, hey, can, can Billy come eat the cookies too? And Nana's like, yes. And so, church, may the Lord bless you with the revelation. He's deeply in love with you. <laughs> like like that, that delight. You're the delight of his life, of his heart. And so may you walk freely into the word, into his presence. And taste and say, I don't know what you've done or how you've fallen or how you've totally messed your life up. He's like, come back in and eat. I got some good things in the fridge. So may the Lord bless you with that revelation. And then may you in turn view the others in this world as sons and daughters, as brothers and sisters, pre-brothers and sisters, and they just don't know how good Nana's got it. <laughs> and may you walk in that humility and in the favor and the blessing and the abundance of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Be praying for our VBS this week. We are so excited to join in, team up, get strong, all of those great things we're going to do this week. God bless you. We love you. Go and eat in the fridge. All right. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.